I'm going to be over the top. Say hello to the easiest way to find interested and qualified candidates. Dude, you need to tone it down. I was just napping. Uh, you mean Uncommon's automated sourcing that turns passive candidates into interested and qualified applications? Yep. Uncommon automation helps recruiters cut their sourcing time by 75%. Well, how much coffee did you have today? A lot. Anyway, dude, 75%. That sounds like black magic or something. Close. It's called automation. It's simple, actually. You just feed or post your jobs into Uncommon. The platform identifies your job requirements, and in seconds, Uncommon uses those requirements to search over 150 million candidate profiles. And then it pulls back only the qualified candidates. And don't forget, you can connect your email and Uncommon will provide automated outreach with your customized messages to activate those passive candidates, those pesky passive candidates. Even better. I'm going to one-up you. Uncommon shows exactly how the candidate meets all the job requirements with a side-by-side comparison view against the job requirements. Which means you won't be asking yourself, What in the hell is this candidate doing here? No, but you will be asking yourself, where has Uncommon been all my life? Seriously? Uncommon is the easiest way to find qualified candidates, active or passive. Visit Uncommon.co and use discount code CHADCHEESE for 20% off. Uncommon.co Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. You guys good? All right. All right, rolling. Get it. Oh, okay. just so you know, this is explicit, so we'll probably be throwing bombs around every now and again. Okay, good. <laughs> and with that, um, we should actually put that in the podcast. Hey, guys, what's up? It's uh, Cheese from the Chad and Cheese podcast, uh, part of our BANF series of podcasts. Bramp. Uh, interviewing people much smarter than us. It's been very humbling uh, to have people come in the booth. Uh, I have a little bit of a confession. I have read your book. No. Yes, it's been oh, yeah. a, it's been a long time ago. Yeah, well, and I, it's, it's and I can't remember much of it. Although you you combined religion with with brands and how that cult yes. falling was important. So let me introduce you real quick. Uh, we have Douglas Atkin with us. Uh, Douglas is the former global head of community at Airbnb. Uh, that's former. What's present for you? Uh, <laughs> I burnt out after four and a half years and moved uh, seven thousand miles away to Tuscany. Where we live Sounds in an awful. ancient house, I know it's, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough, and we make very good olive oil and wine, and um, and relax. That does sound relaxing. It is relaxing. Uh, yes. I like that a lot. And of course, there's loads of good food and wine and whatnot. Ooh. So we saw your presentation yesterday. I mean, first one right out of the gate just blew everybody's doors off. Oh, I mean, it was it you. was awesome. Very well put together. Thank you. So for me, what resonated was that. Um, 
you created a brand that was a holistic brand that was top. I mean, I don't want to say top down, but it was it was focused on every different aspect, whether it was hosts, mm. uh, any type of users, but also internal. Absolutely, not just for employees, but also the recruiting process. And, yep. and, and what we're seeing so much in our industry is that there's a fracture, a fracturing that's happening, mm-hmm. and there's an employment brand that's actually growing out of HR, and it just doesn't seem organic. Mm. Can no. you can you tell can you tell our listeners how you dealt with that at Airbnb yeah. and also give us kind of like a, a thought process of this whole kind of like non-organic thing that's happening in HR these days? Yeah, sure. well, as much as I can talk about that. So uh, where this all started was um, I explained this on the in the talk is that uh, I came into Airbnb in a weird way and I came I met Joe we had, we got on he invited me invited me out to give a talk to the employees at Airbnb HQ in San Francisco which at then was about 150 people uh-huh. when I left it was about two and a half thousand so um I did that and I, I you know I'm sort of an expert I guess on community and I, and talked about that then they asked me to come back for a gig for three and a half weeks in a couple of weeks time and I thought that was going to be about community so mm-hmm. I show up I lived in New York showed up at that evening and uh, saw Brian who's the CEO co-founder again and um, he said to me hey you know a lot about branding can you help us figure out ours and I went uh, oh well I haven't been in branding for six years you know I've been in the community space for then but I said, leave it with me. I want to think about that and come back to you tomorrow morning, which I did. And I said mm-hmm. that instead of doing that, what I think we needed to do was take a step back and figure out what the purpose is of Airbnb for its community. And by community, I mean everyone. I mean mm-hmm. the hosts, the guests, and the employees who are also hosts and guests, and for the outside world. Um, because once you figured out, and, and the reason why I said that is because clearly there was an incredibly passionate community of devoted employees and, and users. And I, and I said, we need to find out why. What is it? What role does Airbnb play in their lives that makes them so committed and identify with Airbnb so closely? Mm-hmm. So if we can figure that out, we can figure out what the purpose of Airbnb is. And then we can, once you have that, you can figure out everything. You know what brand, what what products you should launch and which ones you shouldn't, who you should hire, who you should not, um, how to train people. You know what companies to buy or merge with and ones to avoid mm-hmm. because it's the rudder that guides the ship. And also, you can figure out what the brand is, right? But if you just start at the brand, that's like a, the temptation is it's going to get stuck in the marketing department and be an external thing only. Mm-hmm. Whereas if it's the purpose, it starts with the founders and the CEO goes. Th- goes from the inside out, goes from, from the inside of the, of the company, the employees, and then out to the users and out to the rest of the world. And in fact, in the end, I, I had this little slide, which I showed right at the end of my presentation, uh-huh. called Inside Out. And it was like a bullseye with employees in the center, then hosts as the next level who are our partners in uh, providing the service to guests who are the next level. And then the next level after that was the rest of the world. And so that's what we did. And to get insight on what the purpose was, I and some others went out and spoke to over almost 500 employees and hosts and guests around the world to figure out what role it played. And they never said these actual words, but basically it ended up being this idea of uh, we're in, we exist. Our reason why is to create a world where anyone can belong anywhere. Because we learned that what Airbnb guests want is not to be a tourist. They do not want to be. They, that's a dirty word. They want to be an insider. They want to be a traveler who 
who gets the inside track on a neighborhood, who knows almost as much as the locals. And that's exactly what hosts want to do for them. They want to take them from being a stranger in a strange land who's never been to Tokyo before or, or wherever and make them feel at home and equip them uh, to feel at home by saying, go to this restaurant, not this. Here's a bus pass. Here's uh, go to these neighbourhoods. You know, this is where you know this is where I. This is a great cafe. I spend time in. And so they they very very quickly go from stranger to feeling at home. I want to I want to stop you on one point. When you said you had um, you had interviewed eight thousand employees or how many? No 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 no, no, no. Uh, up to well on that that moment this was when I this is in late 2012 it was 400 four to 500 of employees hosts and guests okay so I think most companies you know so I my, my perception is most HR departments you know they get together and they think what is our brand and I think what you did that was really smart is you actually asked the employees what what do we want to be what is yes. what's it like to yes. work here yes. and then from that you you created an employment brand that was within the main corporate brand um, would you agree with that? And, and was that well, was that driven by HR? Or who who no, came up no. with that strategy? Well, it wasn't even an employment brand. It was, um, and there was no HR department when we got there. <laughs> there was one woman from Apple uh, who was overworked. There was there was no there was no HR department. There was a there was a a, a group of people who still exist called Ground Control, and their job was to create. Uh, a, a fantastic employee. They were to be the hosts of the employees, basically. And they put on amazing events and just made everything work. And they, they still let there now. Yeah. And nothing to do with it, you know, kind of health plans and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. No, so what I wanted to do was figure out what Airbnb was as an entity for everyone. So employees, hosts, and guests equally. One brand. One brand. Not an employment brand. No. Not a host brand. No. One brand. One brand. And it's, it's more than a brand, if you like. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a huge community of millions of people who have this mission to create a world where anyone can be, belong anywhere. Now, when it comes to the employees, and this is four years later, this is the last thing I was doing, um, we had grown from 150 people in HQ to about 2,500. Uh, and that puts huge pressure, of course, on the culture. And the culture was very strong, uh, palpable, and famous, actually, within Silicon Valley. Airbnb, people wanted to join Airbnb because of the culture. Um, and, but it was looking a little bit wobbly. And... Um, what I did is I went back and spoke to employees, over 300 of them all around the world. People had just arrived, people had been there for four years, to try and diagnose why the culture was feeling a little fractured and what to do about it. And uh, what I found was that um, we had this banner I, uh, mission of creating a world where anyone could belong anywhere, but there were some people feeling like, employees were feeling like they no longer belonged here in Airbnb mm -hmm. because some things had been happening. Things like... There was a perception that we were hiring people too fast, that they were mercenaries, not missionaries, is what we called them. We, we, we call them believers. I mean, this is what Brian and Joe and Nate yeah. call. Cult. Yeah. yeah, believers. So believers in the mission of, uh, of, you know, this is more than a job. This is more than a company. It's mm -hmm. a mission to change the world. So um, uh, they, there was a perception that some of the leaders who had been hired weren't on the mission. They were there simply for their own benefit and to, you know, make the, their quarterly numbers. All these things. So I, I went back to the founders and said, we need to fix this. We value the culture. In fact, 
Brian used to quote what Peter Thiel said to him. Peter Thiel was a co-founder of PayPal and stuff. He was an investor. He invested $200 million into Airbnb in 2012, I think. And when he handed over the check to Brian, Brian said, can you give us a piece of advice? And the one thing he said, Peter Thiel said, to safeguard his $200 million investment was, (laughs) don't fuck up the culture. Wow. Ah. And so we kept saying it. And I had to go back and say, We're, the culture isn't fucked up, but it's wobbly in these reasons. So, and then we, and the other reasons also was the values were very, very good. People were there for the values and everything, but they weren't quite right. And as I mentioned in the talk, and so uh, I had to go back to the founders and say, we have to change the unchangeable. We have to look at these six values and find out if they're true and core or not. And I did all kinds of techniques to get to that, working with employees. And we ended up going from six to four uh, because, because some of the, the values were aspirational and not core, not real. They were creating cynicism about all the values because they were saying, we've got this value, but I don't see you living it. <laughs> you know, and you're asking me to do this and you're saying, hey, embrace the adventure and work all weekend. And that's not the meaning of the value. <laughs> the you know. walking on water value. Yeah, yeah right, 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 right. So, so anyway, I had to fix all that. So I guess to your point, though, is that we never saw a division between the employees or the hosts or the guests. It was all one community because the employees were hosts and guests. And some of the hosts would have loved to work for Airbnb as an employee. Um, So there was no division between inside or outside. But I knew that if we didn't get the mission bought into and understood and delivered and the values from the inside first, then we could never deliver them authentically externally either. Well, in what you do or what Airbnb does now, which I think is amazing, through the interview process, you have more of like cultural process uh, people who can veto anybody who's coming in. So you've got this superstar marketer who's coming in, but somebody can actually veto that and say, no, they're they're not somebody who... Happened to me. I was trying to recruit. um, uh, We had to... We started this program called Firestarter to... Um, mobilize, train and mobilize our hosts to become political activists to change their local laws um, so that they would be legal because you know we'd, we'd started together with Uber and the others this whole new economy that was bumping up against old laws that didn't recognize it so we had to get the laws changed and um, the best way of doing that we felt was through our community and so I hired um, loads of grassroots organizers from the Obama campaign of 2008-2012 because they wrote the playbook on grassroots organizing that's how we got elected and um, there was this one woman I was going to be fantastic. We were going to like parachute her into Seattle, I think it was. And she was very good at, you know, getting the host going and everything else. And so, and I wanted to hire full time. She'd been a consultant. And uh, she was interviewed like everyone else is interviewed. So if you're an engineer or a marketing person or a, a partnerships person, you'll probably have six to eight interviews to assess how good an engineer or a marketer or whatever you are. But then you'll also have two core values interviews Uh, by people who are not in your discipline. They don't care about marketing or engineering or anything. All they care about is to see if you're going to be a cultural fit. And what that means is, do your personal values align with the values of Airbnb and all of us inside Airbnb? Are you one of us, basically? And, uh, And so this woman was fantastic grassroots organizer, but there was an engineer and a product person, I think, was the core values interviewer. And they said, no, this person is not. And I was like, initially furious. <laughs> like, oh, I really need her to parachute her into Seattle. And then I said, nope, it's absolutely right. 
they have veto power. So the Core Values interviewers, and there's now about four or five hundred around the world, have uh, and you know, they do regular jobs. Right. You know, there are they are engineers or marketing people, but they are especially good at finding out whether you'll be a cultural fit, and they have veto power. One of the, the you showed a video that was essentially a commercial uh, in your keynote. Um, most, much of our audience has probably seen it. As you were coming up with the vision and the advertising, what did that do to recruiting? Did you see a spike? Did you see a, a, a more qualified candidate based on your, your values? Talk about that. Um, right. So we, we had sort of nailed the, um, the purpose or the, we, we call it purpose, mission or vision at Airbnb. I know people get their knickers in a twist about whether something's <laughs> a vision or I don't give a damn. It's, it's our reason why, okay? It's the thing that we're here to do for the next hundred years. Anyway, so we nailed that by about uh, early to mid 2013. And the first exposure it got externally was when we, in 2014, launched our new logo, what I call our equal opportunity genitalia logo. <laughs> which there's is, a hole in there for everybody. There's a hole in there for everybody, exactly, yes. It's t- I mean, everybody. So, um, my mom's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> so um, no, the, the, the goal for that, first of all, Belong Anywhere was used to brief the designers, the external design company, to come up with the logo. So that was its first job. Second, though, was Brian and Joe and Andrew Shapiro, this guy who led the design group, uh, wanted to make a symbol, not a logo. And the difference between a symbol and a logo is it's a, a logo is a graphic design. A symbol is a graphic design with meaning attached. Okay, So like I said, like the Dove of Peace or the, you know, the Crescent of Islam or whatever it is. The cross. So um, we launched this new logo because before, I don't know if you remember, Airbnb was sort of like a cursive, pale, pastel blue and white thing. Mm, yep. it's, yeah. it's a bit of a weak yep. logo, actually. <laughs> so uh, we launched the, the new symbol, which we call the Balo after belonging, uh, with the meaning. And we expressed that in this homemade video internally, uh, which talked about we're not just a travel company. We believe in creating a, a places where people feel safe and secure and at home and can be themselves wherever they go. And um, and it's all about belong anywhere. So that's launched it. Okay, that was the first thing. And then we did, not long after that, um, a commercial called Mankind, which was quite controversial. Is Mankind was the yeah, start of the commercial yeah, yeah. and went on about uh, find out by going and staying with our hosts who, who are the epitome of that. And then we did this other commercial, uh, I think a year or so later, called Don't Go There, Live There, Even for a Night. Um, uh, don't do Paris, live in Paris. Yes, you know, live with a local, learn from a local. And then we launched experiences. So yes, I, I don't know because I wasn't running HR and you know, I didn't have exposure to all that, but I th- very quickly people knew that we were all st- we stood for Belong Anywhere. And, uh, and everyone learned about our values pretty damn quick if they were being recruited. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, that, my friend, I think time-wise, you have a helicopter to catch pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> Tuscany is calling. Yes, we, uh, we we definitely would love to come to Tuscany and do this even more in-depth. That would do be it wonderful. with a bottle of our wine. Yeah, exactly, yes. Yeah, some for, bread. And, and so, so for our listeners uh, who don't know you, where can they find out more? Buy your books, buy your wine, whatever. Where, where, should, they, where should they learn more about you? <laughs> well, we just keep our wine for ourselves, actually. We don't produce that much. Uh, I don't know, actually. I'm sort of hiding at the moment because I'm tired and burnt out and okay. I'm not working. So Don't find Douglas, everybody. No, no, he doesn't want to be bothered. <laughs> 
What I'm going to do though is is on this on the subject of you know purpose and mission and values and stuff. I've already written what was going to was going to be a draft for another book, mm-hmm. but I've decided not to do a book. I'm going to do a not a book. And a not a book <laughs> is a series of sort of uh, longish blog posts, which I'm going to post on Medium over the next few weeks. Okay. And podcasts like this. Awesome. So okay. find you on Medium. I guess on Medium, be where yes. You'd but, wanna... but give me a, leave me three or four weeks time to kind of knock them into shape and put them up. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Fair enough. Reconnect and maybe we have yeah. another conversation about those. That'd be awesome. Oh, we'd love to. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Thank Excellent. you, Douglas. All right. Thanks, Thanks very Douglas. much, guys. Cheers. Later. Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad, and his goofy friend Cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. They made me say that. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chadcheese.com. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.